The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you, if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. So I think these are stories that we're familiar with, but it's always good to review how important some of these facts are. Because they affect us. In the first reading, we read the account of the original sin. And it's true. It really happened. And we have to believe that. Whether it was an apple that Eve took off the tree and bit into, it doesn't even say that, actually. But whatever it was, the fact is that our first parents... Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They, in a sense, turned away from God. And because of that, we all still suffer the effects of that original sin. Even though baptism washes away original sin, it does not eliminate all of the effects. So we still suffer a a fallen human nature. And the big fancy word for that fallen nature uh, and the effect of it is concupiscence. Anybody remember that word? Concupiscence? Yeah, it's the, the word the theologians use to describe our fallen nature. So we still have to wrestle with that. And in the second reading, we heard Paul tell the Romans that it was because of sin that death entered the world. We can't forget that either. Because it sets the stage for Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior. We really do need to be saved from something. Sin and death and all of the consequences of sin and death, which are suffering of all kinds and sickness and disease. You know, speaking of disease, right? So 
we have to remember this because it gives us a context for which to receive the Lord and the good news. The good news is that death no longer has the final word. And although it's something that we all have to face someday, we can face it now with hope, knowing that there is life beyond the grave because Jesus is risen. But we still have a reality to face today. (laughs) And there is a struggle. The devil came up today in our gospel. Jesus goes out into the desert and he fasts and he prays and he is tempted by the devil. Is anyone here ever tempted by the devil? Yes, we all are, right? We're all tempted. We all have to suffer that. But it's interesting to note that Jesus himself wanted to submit himself to that temptation. I mean, it's really hard to comprehend, but God, when Jesus, the Son of God, chose to become one of us, he wanted to enter fully into our reality. That's how humble he was. He chose to enter into our struggles, into our sufferings. And in everything, he wanted to be a model for us. He wanted to be the way in which to live and and face all of the temptations and all of the struggles and challenges that we all face. And it's interesting to note that he faced them with prayer and with scripture. All of the things that Jesus said come out of the Old Testament. And so that gives us, in a sense, a paradigm, a recipe for success, if you will. That the more that we are in tune with the Word of God, the truth, and Jesus' example, the better the chance we have to navigate life's challenges and temptations. Ultimately, the Lord is asking us to trust in Him. If you're familiar at all with the divine mercy message that's becoming more and more popular. I think you have an image of it around here somewhere. Jesus said to St. Faustina that at the bottom of the image, he wanted the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. And that trust is not just to receive forgiveness for our sins, although that's very important, because Jesus wanted to assure us that there is no sin that he can't forgive, that he doesn't want to forgive, so long as we ask for forgiveness. But it also applies, this trust also applies to everything in life that we have to face. All of our concerns, all of our worries, all of our struggles, all of our temptations, Jesus wants us to know that we can trust in him to help us and that he can relate to our struggle. Our struggle is not foreign to him, whatever it is. And I think as we go through this Lent, as we do every year, and we often reflect on Christ's passion, which really starts, you know, in the garden for sure. The garden of Gethsemane, his agony, if you reflect on the the five sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, 
there in the garden, he was suffering his, his agony. And the mystics throughout the, the, the history of the church have said that in that moment, Jesus was able to look into the past and into the future. And he was able to see all of us and to, in a sense, feel our pain. The pain that we all suffer because of sin. Again, it's because of sin that all of our relationships were damaged in some way. Our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, our relationship with ourselves, and even our relationship with nature. So, you know, the state bird, the mosquito, you know, fruit of the fall, right? Maybe that's more Minnesota, sorry, you know. I don't want to be blaspheming here in Michigan. I'm from Wisconsin, so we have the same problem. But tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, all that stuff, that's fruit of the fall. That was not a part of God's plan for the earth. But that was all fruit of the fall. And all of the struggles that we have in relating to each other, that is all fruit of the fall. That's because of sin. And I think you can see how like, the effects of sin can be compounded even, generation after generation. And so the Lord calls us, in a sense, to trust in him and to stand up and to face the sin of the world with him and to say enough. You know, we're encouraged in Lent to repent of our own sin, but also to pray for the conversion of sinners, you know, and to pray for healing. The word to save and to heal in Greek, often it's the same word. Oftentimes it's the same word that means both to save and to heal. And so, again, we all are wounded because of our own sin and because of others' sins against us. And God wants to bring healing to all of that, forgiveness and healing to all of that. That's the good news. That's the good news. But we can't produce that by ourselves. There's no man-made salvation. There's no man-made peace. We have to cooperate with God's grace. But at the end of the day, it's a gift. Salvation, healing, peace, it's a gift that God wants to give, of course. He wants to give that, absolutely. Otherwise, he wouldn't have become one of us, right? He wants to give us that gift of peace, of forgiveness, of reconciliation with God and with one another. But we have to seek it. And you're all here, thanks be to God, seeking that. To one degree or another. Maybe you got dragged here by your mom or your dad, you know, but, or your spouse, you know, but you're here. So you're open to this message, to this good news, to this truth, which sets you free. But we have to keep seeking it. Keep looking for it. And be open to it, to be receptive to it. But God wants you to know that he can relate to your predicament, whatever it is, whatever circumstances you find yourself in today, he can relate to you. And he does have compassion. And he wants to console you. 
Whatever troubles your heart troubles his heart. Maybe you never thought of that before. You know, does God see me? Does he care? Absolutely, he does. He absolutely does see you and he cares. And whatever troubles your heart troubles his heart. So let's ask the Lord today to increase our faith in his presence, in his mercy, in his desire to heal us and to forgive us and to give us his peace. And then let's keep asking him all throughout this Lent for all that we need, for all that we desire, trusting that whatever concerns us, whatever troubles us, concerns him. And that he wants to help us. And more than anything, he wants to bring peace and healing to our hearts. More than perhaps changing circumstances around us, he wants to assure us that no matter what it is we face, he is with us in the midst of it. And that his presence is peace, is love, is joy. So we're not alone. And that in and of itself is a great gift and provides us with the hope that we all need. So let's entrust this petition, this desire to the hands of our Blessed Mother, who is the new Eve. You know, it was her obedience, it was her yes to the Lord that brought about salvation, that helped bring in the new Adam, the birth of Christ. And so together... They absolutely want to bring us to the Father through the Spirit and have us all be one in them. Amen.